Welcome to the True Grit Strength Podcast. I'm Ryan Steck. And I'm Rachel Geiger. We created the True Grit Strength Podcast so that we can share our stories around how strength training changed us for the better and helped us to discover our athletic potential, develop grit, and pursue growth in all aspects of our lives. It's through our stories that we hope to share with you that regardless of where you are or where you've started from, you can build strength and athleticism in all ages and stages of life despite loss, injuries, or setbacks. So how do you make a comeback to the gym when the odds are stacked against you? Tune in to find out. Hey, everybody. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Welcome to our very special snow day edition of our podcast. Yeah, so Austin got half a foot of snow last night <laughs> for the first time in 55 years. Yeah, and y'all, like, I mean, we moved here from New York City and I lived in Missouri before that. So snow is not unusual or uncommon for us. Um, but it is a big deal in Texas. Yeah. No roads have been plowed. No. I haven't even seen a plow truck. Right. Well it's like well not most people are not driving, so Yeah, no. I mean we I don't think I've seen we've seen maybe two cars on the road. Right, but there's almost two hundred thousand people without power. Yeah, we're so fortunate that we still have power and water. Right, so we're going to do this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> while we can. Exactly, right, yeah. Um, while we have while we have power, we're going to power through and hopefully uh, get this episode out to y'all. <laughs> yeah. So last week we did a, um, a Q&A, or a couple weeks ago I reached out to people to um, submit questions for our Q&A episode, and then we ended up dividing that into... Uh, two different episodes. So last week we answered three questions. Um, I believe the topics were motivation, um, metabolism, how to boost your metabolism, and about around motivation. Um, so we grouped these. Uh, I guess there's not really a common theme of these questions, really. They're kind of all over the place, but yeah. these are uh, user submitted questions that we're going to dive into and answer today. So yeah. Let's get into it. Yeah. Um, so we'll read the questions to y'all and then give some um, information or answers to them. And as y'all are thinking and listening, if you have any questions kind of come up, hold on to them because we'll do future uh, Q&A episodes. Yeah. And you can always submit questions to um, to me via email, uh, Ryan at True Great Strains, or if I'm promoting this on social media you can also just like drop me a question and we'll add it to our list yeah for sure I um I said I think once before like this is such helpful information I think that Ryan like you know puts together and um even last episode I know that we talked a lot about metabolism and I learned so much that I didn't know before. Um, so it's definitely a lot of like really helpful advice and like information that's factual and that you can trust. Um, unlike some of the things that we see in the fitness industry. So yeah, a lot um, of confusing information out there. Yes, definitely. So um, yeah, I'm super excited to answer some more questions and hopefully it's helpful for y'all. Yeah. All right, let's get started. So our first question is, other than comparing things like rep, weight levels, sets, etc., what is the best way to evaluate progress? If I'm working out to be healthier, how would you measure that? Yeah, so everything that's kind of listed in this question um, are performance-related metrics. So 
you know, if you're on some kind of strength training program or some kind of workout program and you notice that you're able to increase the amount of reps that you're doing week over week or increase the amount of weight that you're using or you're able to do more sets, like those are all performance uh, sam- uh, examples sorry, of performance-related metrics that have to do specifically with your workouts that will show you that you're making progress. Um, you know, another thing sometimes that we kind of look at is like your aerobic capacity. So do you feel like you have more endurance or more stamina, um, and those things. And that really kind of just comes down to your individual training plan and the goals that you have and, you know, but on a good, well-developed training program, those are all things that performance related metrics that you would be able to, uh, progress over the course of the plan and then look back to make you know to see oh okay when I started on week one I was squatting 50 pounds and now I'm squatting 80 pounds so like those are all performance related metrics that you can use but um, so the question specifically is asking if just you know for working out for general health purposes meaning like you're not trying to lose weight or gain weight or you don't really have like a body composition goal or anything like that you're just looking to be healthier how would we measure that so When we go to measure health, like outside of performance-related metrics and outside of working out, um, we can also look at things like improvements in specific health markers, so especially when the goal is to generally be uh, healthier. So some of those other non-performance-related benefits to exercise, like there's so many of them, but it could be something like your ability to um, easily control your weight. So that means like preventing excess weight gain or maintaining uh, weight loss that you've had. Um, It also combats certain health conditions and disease, for example, like uh, type 2 diabetes and avoiding some cancers. It lowers your blood pressure, lowers resting heart rate, lowers blood cholesterol. Um, Also, you can notice that you have maybe uh, improved like mood and energy. Um, It also can help your body to manage your blood sugar and insulin levels. Um, Let's see, better sleep, uh, lower risk of falls as you age. Um, Also another aging one, so stronger bones, muscles, joints, those are all things that can help decrease your chances that you'll develop osteoporosis as you age. So those are, you know, a list of the many, many benefits to exercise routines that have, you know, that are um, metrics that we can look at if your goal is to just improve your health. So how would you go about tracking something like that? I guess, well, it, you know, depending on what's of those metrics that I just listed, maybe you have some that are important to you. Maybe you have some kind of like, you know, condition that runs in your family. If you know you're at more risk for heart disease or diabetes or something like that, like those, you might choose those as health markers that you want to monitor, right? So the next time you go to the doctor, um, maybe you can ask them, um, you know, or you go have a physical or you have blood work done. Um, you can ask the, uh, the doctor about those markers and then over time see if your exercise routine has enabled you to improve those those would be a really good marker of improved general health in a way that you can measure that um, over time um, the other thing that you can notice is just in terms of like in terms of your weight and stuff like how like how your clothes might be fitting differently um, and yeah also you can like pay attention to your sort of mood and your sleep habits so that you can notice improvements in those areas as well Yeah, I feel like um, that is one that I definitely pick up on, and I think it's one of my favorite things about working out, aside from, like, actually data tracking my workouts and, like, seeing the progress that I make in weight and reps and sets. Um, I think my favorite thing to pay attention to is definitely, like, my mood, 
before and after I work out. And, like, I that often looks like me just doing, like, quick check-ins and check-outs, like, when I work out. Um, you know, like, naming three things I'm feeling or thinking, like, before a workout, doing the workout, and then naming, like, how my mood has changed post-workout. Um, it's always really interesting. I know that last week, just as an, as, as an example, I was just, like, so overloaded at work and, like, my stress levels were so high um, and there was just a lot going on. And, you know, the last thing I wanted to do was work out. And I'm so grateful that I did because I just immediately noticed that shift in my mood and my mindset and, like, my stress levels just totally went down. My anxiety seemed to balance out. And then the next day, I just, like, felt totally um, refreshed and regrounded. And I think that, like, that's a great way to measure how fitness, like, can show up in your life in such a positive way. Yeah, and in terms of, like, you know, combining that or comparing that with, like, health markers, and it's like, okay, well, like, what does mood have to do with that? But it is very closely related because, obviously, if we're in a bad mood all the time or we're feeling overly stressed or overly anxious, like, that impacts our body in the same way that uh, you know any other type of stress does so like there's plenty of studies out there again not really in the topic of this but if you're interested like definitely look into it but there's so much research out there about how stress impacts our body and that can be physical and mental stress totally so like if you are feeling like that and you do notice that working out helps you improve your mood like that is you know in my opinion would be closely tied to an improvement in, in overall health as well because you're limiting the amount of, of stress that you're under. You're finding an outlet for it. Um, but yeah. anyway, yeah, so having this type of data can obviously be really helpful to help you document your progress. Um, but like I said, you can also just kind of listen and pay attention to your body and how do you feel, you know? Right, like, and looking at, like, do you have more energy, um, as I mentioned, right? Are Is your mood feeling more improved? Are you less stressed? Are you getting better sleep? Um, If you notice an improvement in these areas since beginning a consistent workout routine, um, those are all definitely signs that you're making really great progress. Yeah. And, you know, it's like with the the rise of fitness, and this other thing is like you don't need a fitness tracker or anything like that to be able to monitor this, though if you do have something like a heart rate monitor or, um, yeah, any type of heart rate monitor, there's so many different kinds that you can get now, um, can be a good way to do that. You know, it's like, because it'll help monitor your heart rate during exercise activity, um, and also your resting heart rate over time, which is an improved sign of, or a sign of improved health. If, if you have the, a lower resting heart rate while you sleep or throughout the day, that's a sign that you're, you know, you're in good shape. Um, also too, your ability to be able to raise your heart rate and then get it back down to our normal level quickly is also a good sign, um, of improved cardiovascular health. So, you know, having a heart rate monitor can help for some of those reasons because then you'll actually have that data. Whereas, you know, when you go to the doctor, they're only taking, you know, one little glimpse at, at what's going on there. Um, you can still use that obviously as a metric, but you know, for every six months you go to the doctor, you can see and compare it to the last visit, but having a heart monitor can help. But yeah, if you don't have any way of tracking that yourself, again, just kind of go with how you're feeling and if you notice any improvements in those areas. Yeah, for sure. And I find that like tracking that type of progress of like how you're feeling is really what keeps me going when like I've hit those plateau areas where like I've maybe like not progressed a certain lift or like I'm feeling a little stuck in the gym 
um, or my nutrition's flatlined a little bit, like those will be the things that generally keep me going. Um, Just being like, okay, I know if I keep showing up, like I'm overall going to feel a lot better. Um, So I really hook into how I feel when as like a, as a metric that really helps me keep going. Yeah, for sure. All right, y'all. So our second question um, is, if you could only choose one exercise for each major muscle group or each major muscle, um, which particular exercise would you choose? Yeah. So I think to answer this quickly, like when I was first started, started to study, you know, for my training certification and everything, um, the thing that I was taught was to think about or to categorize exercises for programming purposes and creating workouts and stuff is to think about um, categories, dividing exercises into categories of movement patterns versus instead of dividing mm-hmm. things in, in regards to targeting certain muscles. Targeting certain muscle groups and building plans off muscle groups is a very uh, kind of old school bodybuilding mm-hmm. sort of you know, approach, I guess you could say. Um, but you know, there are different ways of thinking about movement that we can still target those main muscle groups. We're just like thinking about how we would categorize them a little bit differently. Um, so to answer that question, I'm going to do it that way. So the, there's six main movement patterns that I like to call that I like to categorize movement into. Um, and then obviously which within each of those movements, you're targeting certain muscle groups, which I'll also go into. So the six main patterns that I would categorize exercises into are the squat pattern, um, the hinge pattern, the lunge pattern, the push pattern, the pull pattern, and then core training. Hmm. So kind of diving into that a little bit more, the squat pattern obviously is any kind of squat or squat variant. Like, mm-hmm. so any type of squat movement, which is going to work our quads, um, and our glutes primarily, um, the hinge movement um, is not, you know, most people are not familiar with that term, but it's basically, um, you know, talking about movement that comes from our hips, targets our hamstrings and glutes. Um, that would include any kind of deadlift variation, mm-hmm. glute bridges, anything like that where it's like more hip dominant than uh, quad dominant. Um, and then lunges is going to be any type of like single leg movement. So split mm-hmm. squats, lunges, uh, step ups, um, any of those, anything that you're doing and performing on a single leg. Okay. Um, and then we got the push category. So that's going to be like your bench press. That's going to be your overhead press, any kind of like pushing movement. Typically push is categorized, um, as upper body stuff. That's when you're like pushing the weight away from you. Right. Essentially. Right. So push ups, bench press, overhead press, all those kinds of things. Gotcha. Uh, pull any kind of rowing variation, um, pull ups, um, anything again, where you're pulling, you know, the weight towards you you or your body weight. Yeah. Um, and then core that can obviously be broken down into a lot more categories, but we don't need to go into that. And the, so I just like to, for this purpose, I'm just going to answer that as like any kind of like core training can be its own sort of separate category. Gotcha. So in terms of if I had to, so back to the original question, now that we kind of established that and how I'm thinking about it, um, if we had to, my favorite exercise for each muscle group. So I like this question a lot and I actually ended up writing like a pretty in-depth blog post on it. So if you do want to learn more about those categories and how I've chosen to break this down and, and as well as some of the movements that I've picked, um, I have a full blog article at truegrinstraith.com backslash blog um, that you'll see. Um, they are clearly labeled, but I also did provide like demo videos of all these exercises. And I even gave a sample workout of like how you would string exercises for all of these different six main patterns together into a workout and how you can use that. Gotcha. Um, but just to kind of go down the list um, really quickly, 
Um, favorite exercise for the squat pattern is definitely the goblet squat. There's a lot of very, there's a lot of reasons for this. Um, but basically I just like picking movements that are easily scalable. So regardless of fitness level, like I give goblet squats to people who have never lifted weights before, but I also still think they are very, very valuable to people who are more experienced in their training because it's a basic movement. Even if you can barbell squat, you can still get a lot of benefit of goblets from goblet squatting. Obviously, like you would approach the programming a little bit differently, um, just because, you know, holding a dumbbell or kettlebell in that goblet position can be kind of limiting in the upper body and how, you mm. know, getting it into position and all of that. Um, but there still is a lot of benefit um, from that exercise. Um, I think it teaches you how to control your core and how to get into a proper squat position so that you are eventually ready to do something like a back squat. Gotcha. So it can also kind of, if you can do some something like a back squat already with a barbell, it can also kind of help you go back to the foundations and, and train those to get even better at them. Um, so that's my squat exercise. Um, hinge uh, is the dumbbell Romanian deadlift. Uh, for similar reasons, I think it's good for people who are just starting out. It's also still very beneficial as an accessory movement. If you do traditional barbell deadlift from the floor, it can still be a very valuable accessory movement. Um, and it's also really good for people who are just starting to learn how to deadlift. Yeah. Um, just because it gets you used to building a really great hinge, which a lot of people struggle with. And the hinge being... Uh, being able to send your hips back and keep your back nice and flat and just develop a, a good, uh, you know, flexion and extension at the hip uh, where you're not uh, bending your knees too much and going back into the squat pattern. So super important. It's something that's replicated throughout our everyday life when you go to pick up something off the ground or pick up groceries or carry something, you know, where you need to bend forward like that, at, you know, can ensure you're using all the right muscle groups and stuff. Um, my favorite lunge variation was probably going to be the split squat. Um, any single leg movement is brutal, but that's probably, probably one of my least hated single leg movements. Yeah. I would say that's like the most tolerable because your feet get to stay in the same place. I like anything that revolves like more dynamic, like a lunge. Like I can't stand it. Reverse lunge. Great exercises. I just mean personally, I don't like doing them. <laughs> Bulgarian split squat. I would prefer Bulgarian split squat over any kind of lunge. Really? Yeah. Even reverse? I just think it's like single leg stuff is so mentally challenging as it well really as physically is. challenging. Yeah. And I think being able to keep my feet in the same place. So whether with a, with a split squat or with a Bulgarian split squat or front foot elevated split squat, any kind of split squat variation it just allows me to be able to like focus and just power through mm. a lot more than something that's more dynamic, like having to step back and step forward like you do in a lunge. It's just like, it's so distracting and it just makes it that much harder, I think. Yeah. Single leg stuff is brutal. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, all right, moving on to the push pattern. Uh, push up. We've done a whole or most of an episode talking about push ups. Somebody recently in the last Q&A we did a few last month, I think. Um, somebody asked if I could pick one body weight exercise, which one I would pick, Mm -hmm. um, and that would push up. So big fan of push ups. Um, again, easily scalable, even if you're a beginner going all the way up to advanced trainee, there's so many different variations of the push up that you can do. Um, and you don't need any equipment. Yeah, it is a good one. Um, pull pattern. I would probably say single arm row. Hmm. I like doing rows. I don't know. 
yeah. Well, because I, I, well, I you know, I want to say push up. I want to say pull up also too, but it's just like again, like I don't think. Like, Even though you can scale them, I think they're very hard to scale. They are difficult, and for so sure. I think a lot of people don't do them. Why um, the single arm versus just a barbell row? Um, same for for scale reasons because you can go lighter, I guess. Well, also too with a single arm row, you, like you have more a stronger base of support. Like if you're doing a bent over row, you have to have a really good hinge. Okay. So if right. you don't have a good hinge and you don't have the core strength to be able to hold that properly, it's a little a, more advanced. That's going to severely limit the amount of weight that you're able to pull in a barbell row. Um, but also, you're adding a level of challenge that's not really the target of the muscle group. If that makes sense, it's a great like bent over barbell rows are an excellent exercise. I'm not saying that. I just mean they they are. I would consider them to be a more advanced movement. Gotcha. Uh, whereas like a single arm row, you have the support of a bench. Um, you get to get a little bit of core in mm-hmm. there, right? Because if you're doing them properly, you're trying not to rotate and do that lawnmower type row yeah, that you see sure. in big box gyms all the time. Um, so you can get some solid core training by avoiding that rotation. Um, yeah. So you're really like, it seems to me like you're viewing all of these through the lens of like functionality, like yes, doing yes. things that are functional and possible. For sure. Yeah. I mean, my they're my favorite exercises for those reasons. They're functional. They replicate things that we do often in our everyday life. There's a lot of translation there to our everyday lives. But also, if you play any type of sports or you're active in general, these are all going to translate very, very well without leaving you feeling like super stiff and stuff. And I think they're also very scalable, meaning that I would give a beginner any of these exercises just as much as I would give somebody who has three years of training experience. I would give them comfortably any variations of these exercises. Yeah. And this is like definitely, I know you built my first program when I first started weight training and this is certainly was the foundation because this is all, these are all the exercises I started on. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, they're easy to learn. There's not a huge learning curve there, but they they all still also still can be very challenging depending on how you load them and how you right. set them up. For sure. Um, and then last one, core, obviously plank. Plank, Just no because... question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously there's a ton of different core stuff. I could do a whole episode on core training. I'm actually doing a core challenge right now and I just put together like a, a core workout guide, um, which I guess now I'll link in the show notes of this. Yeah, um, definitely. But uh, yeah, that could be a whole episode on its own. There's so many different aspects of core training. Um, but the primary goal of core training is that our core function is to resist unwanted movement. So mm. when you're in a plank position, you're trying to resist the gravity pushing you down towards the floor, right? So you're using your core musculature to keep you in that plank position and not collapse. Right. Right. Not um, dip or not like arch. Right. Not like your hip sag, you know, and all those kinds of things. So, um, yeah, plank, because everybody needs to learn how to do that properly, um, you know, and that being said, like, I don't really let, I mean, being able to do a plank for a full minute is solid. If you can do plank for 30 seconds, I think that's great. Or three sets of 30 seconds or whatever. But like, typically I don't usually ask people to do it for longer than a minute because I just don't really see the benefit. I think at that point it's time to progress to a harder variation. So if you're doing planks properly and you can maintain that proper real core position for a minute, reach out to me and I'll give you some ideas for more advanced plank variations. But 
most people, especially if you don't do them a lot, like, you know, 30 seconds is, is, is plenty if you're doing them properly, I think. Um, cool. Yeah. Anyway, if you want to learn more about why I chose each of these movements, go ahead and check out that blog article. I can also link that in the show notes. Um, like I said, I also included some demo videos, um, and even a sample workout of how to string all those together at the end. Cool. Um, all right. So our third question, um, is it's kind of a lengthy one. Um, but we got a little bit of a backstory, which is uh, good. So I'll read like the full part and then give the question as well. Um, so life during Corona sucks. <laughs> um, the goal for this person was this year, uh, this year was to run Marine Corps marathon, um, end of October in sub five hours. Um, I have a training program for that. I also have some functional bodybuilding goals. I have, uh, sorry, have to do with building muscle to run the distance again safely and something about looking decent with my shirt off. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The two goals are not diametrically opposed, which is good news. 2019, I did a powerlifting competition and a marathon in the same year, and that was brutal. Um, wow. Yes, that sounds brutal. Okay. So here's the question. Given my training plans and goals can happen in harmony congruently, what tips do you have about mindset, particularly staying positive and moving forward? I have to say coming out of 2020, I'm actually anxious about pushing myself that hard again. It's in there, but tapping that intensity is making me anxious. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I I think the backstory is important here because, uh, like, I'll get into in a second, like, you're obviously, you know, this person is established that they're capable of doing, of setting, like, these goals are realistic for them. Yes. Right? Like, they're lofty and they're they're solid goals, but they, you know, they're they're recognizing that, yes, this is going to be a challenge, but that they know that they can rise to that challenge um, based off, you know, their previous uh, goals and things that they've been able to accomplish, which is awesome. So we talk quite a bit, a lot about mindset and grit on this podcast, and these are some solid challenging goals. And it's safe to say that like training for powerlifting competition in a marathon in the same year is obviously no easy task. So clearly we've established um, a solid work ethic and the ability to follow through on goals. So just like he said, I, I know, or he knows, and I know too, <laughs> that he can do it. Um, but mindset is obviously still a, a challenging aspect. Um, so how do I, un- so to unpack that a bit, um, I'd ask, um, so that you can serve as a reminder when things get uh, tough, like what is, like, why is the goal important to you? Um, what does it mean to accomplish it? Um, and also too, like, what will it actually feel like once you've reached it? Um, and I think those questions are important because they're getting to the root of why these things are important to you, which we really need to keep a close pulse on, um, as a, to serve as a reminder, like I said, when things get really hard. Um, also kind of understanding, I think, you know, the, the aspect of the question that addressed coronavirus and just like how 2020 was a really stressful year. And there's just like a lot going on. Um, so understanding the amount of mental and physical stress that's required um, to do something like train for a marathon and then also have pretty, you know, have lofty body composition goals, which we know requires a lot of, you know, hard work and dedication. 
Um, so combining that with knowing that 2020 was stressful and likely most of 2021 will be stressful, right. <laughs> um, is this the right time to try and do something like this? So are the benefits of reaching that goal worth the stress that you know that you're going to be under in order to accomplish it? And so by asking those questions, um, are that's not meant to sound like I'm trying to talk you out of it right, or right. that you can't do it, but it is really important to think about it because those it's allowing thinking about things like that are allowing you to weigh your options and understand exactly what's required of you, um, not just physically but also mentally to get from A to B. Um, so that the process will be a lot clearer when things get hard. And it can also help you to prepare for the task ahead and set realistic expectations. Um, So obviously having a solid plan for the exercise portion of how to accomplish this goal is mandatory. um, And it sounds like you've got that figured out. Um, But also having a plan for how you'll handle the mental stress is equally as important. So how that looks to me um, is sort of making sure that you've got your nutrition aligned, mm-hmm. making sure that you're practicing good sleep habits so that you can help uh, so that you can recover between workouts and stuff properly and just manage stress. Um, but also having the support of loved ones to help you um, when things get unclear and you kind of lose your path a little bit or you know you get frustrated or whatever, you can kind of have somebody that can sort of help you. Yeah, see the bigger that, picture a little bit. Yeah, see the bigger picture, clear that mental slate. Um, those are all things that you can do to practice regularly to help you stay focused and on track. Um, and I think we talked about this a little bit in the goals episode that we did about how asking yourself if the stress that you are going to be under yeah. is necessary. Yeah. Uh, which I think in this case, we could probably establish if that is, is something that you really want to do and you feel like it's that important, then the stress is going to be necessary. Um, and then is it is knowing that the stress that you're going to be under worth the end result for you? Right. Right? Um, because it's okay if it's not. Right. Right? Like, again, and this is not me trying to talk you out of it. It's just, like, allowing yourself to go there and think about that to, and really be honest about it. Um, because, you know, like, if you were to break it down and say, okay, my main goal this year is to run the Marine Corps Marathon in October in sub-five hours, and you made that your primary focus you know, yes, you're not going to be bodybuilding along with it, but like you could still reach some pretty awesome body composition goals if you had, um, you were training for the marathon and then also had your nutrition under control and maybe you were doing some strength training, you know, on your off days, but nothing insane. Right. Right. Um, you could still probably get all check all of those boxes, um, without adding any unnecessary stress on there. You know, I think you kind of established in calling out, you know, the marathon and the powerlifting meet in one year, like those two are pretty conflicting goals. Yeah. Um, it's very hard to be, you know, at a certain weight for powerlifting and strength level for powerlifting and also have the endurance for a marathon. So right. I understand that that's very difficult. These, like you said, like these do seem a little bit more aligned. Like I said, I think training for a marathon in itself would help improve body composition drastically. Right. Um, if you also have, you know, nutrition under control or you're eating, you know, and you're fueling yourself properly for those workouts, you could see some pretty solid progress, I think. Yeah. So like what I'm hearing you say is a lot of like taking time to reflect, which like we love to do on this podcast. Um reflect about your why and like what's coming up for you and really get grounded and like in your goals and if they're if they're right for the time yeah um 
I know for me, like, what kind of stood out to me with this question, obviously the bit about, you know, like, how do you keep your mindset together? Um, and the part about, like, you know, there's a lot, a sense of anxiety that comes with, like, knowing you're embarking, embarking on this, like, larger, big goal, right? Like, that can bring about some uncertainty and some, like, can I do this? Is it worth it? Like, you kind of get those questions going in your head. And I know for me, just, like, my own personal experience with this, like, it always really helps me to just kind of, like, chunk time. Because uh, I know sometimes when things feel big and when I'm, like, on, you know, getting prepped for, like, a big goal, I can get so in my head about just, like, spiraling out about the details and wanting everything to be perfect and, like, I have to get everything done right now and I can get really overwhelmed um, and that causes a lot of anxiety for me. So, like, I always just try to take things, like, I know it's cliche, but, like, a day at a time, like, literally, like when my mind starts spiraling out about like what's this going to be like in two three four months like always just trying to bring it back to like okay but what am I doing right now yeah and that brings up a good to a point too about like why again I think for this goal especially but also for any exercise related goal or fitness related goal is that once you have that broader plan established like Mm -hmm. you're like okay the marathon's in October here's my training plan to get me from here from you know from here to October is exactly what I need to do right like once you have that bigger plan mapped out then it it actually takes a lot of the pressure off because now what all you need to do is like literally focus on the task today like because it's already broken down with you right like you just literally look at your workout and you're just only focusing on that one workout at a time yeah um and like you said it can help alleviate a lot of that you know anxiety and a lot of that stress that comes with because you know that is if you just check the box every single day with whatever it is you need to do whether it's the workout the meal prep the rest or whatever um that you're 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 just inching your way forward and you know that as long as you continue to check those boxes like you're going to reach you're that on goal, the path right? right so like it can take a lot of like you said a lot of the anxiety away from it um and just literally be able to focus on one day at a time yeah for sure I think because of like my career in teaching like my the my job is so regimented like it's really structured and like even you know you think about like in schools we live off a yearly calendar you know so like at the start of every school year something I do is like fill in my calendar with all the things that I know of that are coming up and so then it's like when I look at you know month by month it feels a little less daunting so like Ryan was saying having some type of training plan like if you're looking at it maybe you have like a couple of really grueling weeks coming up but then you know like you have a little bit of a a, like you know a more chill rest week coming following like that can kind of keep you going just getting to those markers and those points and really just like mapping out having a schedule and focusing on like the task at hand one day at a time yeah for sure I mean and the last thing too I want to point out is just the fact that like this is addressing a lot of things that, you know, most, I don't mean this in an offensive way, but like most people don't do. Like most people don't have their entire year of, of training ahead, like planned out. Sure, of course. Right? It's like, you know, I kind of have that in my mind a little bit 
you know yeah. what I mean? Of like, okay, by the end of 2021, what do I want to have accomplished and what types of programming am I going to follow to help me reach that goal? And I, it obviously is periodized and it goes through phases, you know, for whether we're focusing on muscle growth and then we're focusing on strength and then so on and so forth. Like I have a general picture, but like most people are kind of just thinking about like what's ahead over the next like month. And so, you know, congrats to you for feeling, for setting goals that are going to last you this whole year. And the fact that you have a plan to reach all of those goals, um, to get you there by the end of the year is, is awesome. So you're already kind of way ahead of the curve, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, what I think, you know, whatever ends up happening and whatever you end up deciding, I think, you know, you have the plan mapped out. Obviously sometimes things change and that's also okay. Yeah. Um, but in terms of handling the anxiety, I think we can just leave it with now that you have that whole thing mapped out, just like literally taking it step by step and yeah. not trying to get too ahead of yourself with, you know, what's going to happen in the future. Yeah. I think having that mind map is like the cure to anxiety, you know, just like knowing exactly where you're headed, what's going to come up. Right. can really help uh, keep you grounded. Definitely. All right, y'all. Question number four. How should I think about rest days? I have heard they are important for building muscle. For example, if I miss a workout, should I try to catch up and end up doing two days in a row? Or is the rest time more important? I love this question. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And there's kind of a lot to get into with this one. Um, I know who asked this question, so I know their workout program. But I also want, because I think other people probably have the same, you know, similar questions I want to approach it in a few different ways. So first of all, rest days are extremely important, are extremely important for building muscle. But to really understand why, let's dig into that process a little bit more so that we can understand what's actually needed. So when we work out to build muscle, we need to produce a stimulus, um, aka, you know, lifting weights or some kind of added uh, resistance or whatever stimulus great enough to break down our muscle tissue. So every time you lift weights, for example, um, if you're working out at the right intensity, you're actually tearing um, the muscle fibers. And so our body then has to work to repair those fibers. So that's where, you know, people say, yes, recovery for building muscle Mm. is really important because we have to have time for that repair to actually happen. So this is where rest days come in because we need time for our bodies to, to repair and grow. And that's actually when that happens. It's not during the workout. Um, it's actually during um, the rest period. Mm. So this is where also too, just to add in here, like protein intake also becomes extremely important as it's the protein that helps us, that helps us build and repair that muscle tissue. Mm. Um, so now that we kind of understand what's needed to create that stress in the first place, AKA the workout, right? right. And then we also need the rest days to allow time for that rebuild and repair to happen um, along with adequate protein. Um, let's shift to now talking about what that work recovery ratio needs to be. Um, and so how many work days are needed, um, compared to how many rest days are needed. So to really understand this, again, this can be broken down a lot of different ways, depending on what your actual training plan is. There's a lot of different approaches to this in terms of specifically building muscle in terms of how you could approach, uh, workouts um, and scheduling your workouts throughout the week to allow the stress, the time to stress each muscle group and each body part, um, and it'll also allow um, enough time for that body part to recover. So, like one example of that, um, it could be you know like the old school bodybuilding split where you're literally doing like you know chest and triceps mm. and back and biceps and legs and core and all these different abs and all these kind of different things. Um, you know, you could have a, a training plan where you're working out six days a week 
because you're alternating muscle groups. So then, you know, one of the muscle groups is getting a rest day while the other one's still working out. Right, exactly. So the plan that we're on now, like we're hitting like, you know, chest and shoulders and triceps on Monday. um, And we're not doing that again until Saturday. Okay. You see what I mean? But we're working out between Monday and Saturday. We're just working different muscle groups, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one one approach to it. Um, And the fact that you're only doing select exercises on those days and you're breaking it all down across the week, you're you're not taking – uh, you know, not every rest day for per se is like a complete rest day where you're not working out at all. But like I said, you're just working a different body part, right? So that's one approach. Um, another approach could be if you're working out three days a week, um, a very common um, uh, muscle building routine is the push pull leg split. So one day you're doing push workouts, mm. um, another day you're doing pull exercises, um, and then the other day you're, you're hitting legs. Um, uh, and okay. I've even seen this repeated. So over a, that could be a three day period. That could be a six day period where you're doing push, pull, legs, push, pull, legs, rest. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so again, tons of ways. We're not going to get into programming because there's a ton of ways that this could be broken down, but let's say that you're working out three days a week. Um, so if you're working out three days a week, whether it's a push, pull, leg split, or you're doing three full body days, um, you still have four days left to rest, right, right? Right. So, um, that being said, if you happen to miss a workout, um, that missed workout counts as a rest day, right? So if right. I'm supposed to work out Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I miss Monday, okay, right. I still have Tuesday to, th- to Sunday to make those three workouts up, right? Right. So technically Monday is a rest day. Then you just got to shift everything a little bit. Okay. So Tuesday becomes workout day. Now Wednesday is a rest day. Thursday is a workout day friday is a rest day saturday workout day yes and so you know depending on your schedule or what's going on that caused you to to miss that workout um i would say if you're on a three-day routine regardless if it's full body or push pull split or whatever like you could safely do two days in a row um you know i would even say like if it was like a once in a random time thing you could probably do three in a row and still be fine because you think about it like you're still you still have four days out of a seven day period that you're you're where you're resting right right? so yes we need time for it to grow yes we don't want to do three chest days in a row or you know three leg days in a row or whatever like that like we want to give our chance body to a chance to recover but if you have a coach and you or you have a workout program that is you know built properly the way that they're alternating exercises is giving you that opportunity that's taken into consideration in any good training program right so it's like all right monday i'm doing these exercises like i'm not going to repeat those same things on wednesday right? right so i can do those days back to back and not worry about missing recovery so this is why i like kind of um putting together your workouts from like instagram or something might be really problematic because you don't really know the average person doesn't really have the knowledge of like oh I'm just gonna work out three days in a row but I might be like hitting the same muscle group three days in a row and that's not great right right exactly this is where having a a training plan comes into account because or becomes obviously important for a lot of reasons but this is one of them so that you can make sure that you're balancing out your training and that you are getting that enough time to rest now This does become more of an issue when you are working out or you are doing a training plan where you're working out five to six days a week because you don't have that same flexibility in your schedule. So, um, yeah, if you're doing, you know, like I said, five workouts a week, you know, and you miss a workout, you really just miss that workout because there's no other way. You can't really push everything. Right. Like there's not enough, like there's not enough days in the week to be able to alternate or move things around. 
Um, and this is a problem actually um, that I had with one of my most recent training programs where it was like, I think it was even five days a week. Um, but again, it's like I found myself that if something happened and I missed a workout, I didn't have enough time to make it up. Right. Right. Without just like totally overloading myself. And like the max that I would personally would do in a row is three. But like four, like the end of that third day, if you're training really hard, like the end of that third, yeah. you know, strength day or whatever it is, muscle building day, like that's, that's rough. Yeah. Right. Then it's like, okay, yes, you need a, you need a rest you need day. To rest. So like, as long as you're doing the training days in order, which you should be right. Like you shouldn't be mixing up somebody's training program. As long as you're doing them in order, I would personally say, yes, I would max it out at three. Um, but it really just depends on the training plan. But I know this person and I think with three days in a row or three day, three day workouts a week, you should have plenty of time, um, for recovery and be flexible and, with yeah. how you schedule things. Um, let's I, see. I know the question doesn't really ask this, but I'm just curious, like, I want to know the difference between, like, just taking a full rest day and doing, like, an active rest day. Yeah, I mean, the the thought process between, like, an active recovery day or an active rest day is so that you are resting from the stimulus. So if you're lifting heavy weights during most of your training plan or your workouts, right? Um you know, the, the idea of an active rest day is that you are, or, you know, some training plans will have you do like conditioning on the, on in between days, right? right? That way it's just like, you're not taking a total rest. You're still getting some kind of work in, but again, um, you're not targeting the exact same energy system um, or muscle group that you would in those primary workouts. Okay. So, you know, an active rest day, like sometimes I tell my clients, you know, on, on rest days, if you're doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you know, maybe on Tuesdays and Thursdays, like try to get a little bit of cardio in or active recovery meaning like just literally get out and go for a walk for 30 minutes or do you know light jog but nothing super intense like the goal is still to allow your body to recover which you're going to do unless you're repeating the same you know types of exercises that you're doing in your primary workout right right um i like active recovery days because i think sometimes just like laying on the couch and being like a potato like is not the best thing Right. Sometimes it makes me feel more like sore or achy or like sometimes it helps to move a little, maybe foam roll, maybe go for a walk, maybe do a hike with, you know, in the park with the dog or whatever. Right. And we like, we still want to promote like blood flow. We still want to have good energy. Like we still want to allow our muscles to recover. And sometimes that needs complete and total rest. Like if you've really been pushing hard Mm -hmm. and sometimes that means like you active rest mean or you know that rest means that you need to get moving a little bit but just not at the same intensity right so there's a lot of different ways that we can look at it um and i think it really just depends on goals and and training plan and all that kind of stuff but for this specific question in terms of um, hypertrophy yes rest days are important but it also the the work days the work hours are, are more important in my opinion right because we need to create that stimulus and if you're only working out three days a week that's still adequate to see a solid change but that also means that those should be your priority and, and rest should come second since you still have those four days right. that you're not working out all right cool good to know yeah all right, y'all. Well, that's the end of our questions for our Q&A episode. Um, so I hope that this was helpful for you and that you were able to gain 
some information that maybe you didn't have before. Um, and we love doing these Q&A episodes. I just like think it's always so interesting to see the questions that people come up with. Um, so we'll definitely do some more in the future at some point. Yeah, I'm happy to do these anytime. Um, it doesn't have to be like a formal Q&A episode. Like we can address questions on any future episode yeah. at any time. So yeah, Ryan at TrueGreatStraints.com if you want to submit any questions or you can hit me up on Instagram or Facebook um, and submit the questions there and we'll answer it on a future episode. Um, I'm going to drop all the things that I talked about um, in the episode today in the show notes so you'll get the core workout guide if you want to take a look at that. Um, and also I referenced a blog post that I wrote last week around those six mean movement patterns and the exercises that I would prioritize within each one if you want to check that out. Cool. Lots of really good information. Yeah. All right, y'all. Well, um, I hope you have a great week. Um, Stay safe and warm if you happen to be in the Texas area. Um, And we'll talk to y'all next week. Yeah. Bye, y'all.